I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Conference USA Underdog Podcast on UnderdogDynasty.com, SB Nation's home for G5 football. Joe Lonergan and Eric Henry, happy to be back with you once again. And today we kick off an off-season tradition unlike any other, the Beat Writer Series. Uh, Starting, of course, with uh, Mr. Evan Dudley covering uh, UAB football, among uh, many other things down there in the Birmingham area. Evan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. How about yourselves? You know, not too bad. I think we were just kind of talking about (laughs) the state of everything. And honestly, it's as good as it can be, I guess. Eric, how do you feel about that? Listen, man, uh, as a native of Tampa, Florida, everything is quite fine to me. I mean, watching the Super Bowl, you know, city of champs. So I, I don't know what this stuff is you guys are talking about. (laughs) <laughs> the dog surrounded by fire that's just like this is fine that's been the city of tampa for decades that's basically what you're saying exactly <laughs> awesome well uh i know evan obviously you've been part of this series before i uh, got some questions for you from us just to kind of pick your brain about the state of uab football uh eric if you want to kick us off that'd be lovely Absolutely. So, Evan, I'm going to start with the defense, and defense has kind of been Bill Clark's calling card really since the program, you know, returned from their their uh, untimely hiatus. And uh, one of the things I want to ask you is that, again, with them, you know, defense really being their calling card, they are losing a fair amount of players from the defense are projected to. I uh, want to ask you just who are some of the defensive names to look forward to seeing in 2021 with, you know, really a lot of veterans departing from this year's team? Well, uh Actually, uh, from from what I've gathered, uh, there's only really uh, two defensive guys that are, or three defensive guys that are leaving that have played prominent uh, positions these past few okay. years. You got a uh, Jordan Smith, the edge rusher. Uh, he's at the Senior Bowl this week. Uh, you know, he's probably going to be a second round pick. Just a huge monster of a man. Great pass rusher. Uh, did a lot of great things for them these past two years. Uh, I mean, he's got a high ceiling. Uh, he's got a good uh, draft grade. So he's one of those guys that gets to leave early. He could have stayed another year, probably an, an, another year after that because of the NCAA uh, allowing the extra year of eligibility. But uh, this might have been the highest he was getting and it was time for him to go. Uh, so you can't really fault him for that. Uh, same with Bronte Harris. Uh, you know, was a walk-on uh, player for UAB, uh, started his career out as a basketball player at Alabama A&M, transferred to UAB as a walk-on, became an all-conference player. Uh, he has a good chance of getting drafted. Then you have Luke Brasher. Uh, he was a kind of a backup linebacker. Uh, he's leaving, uh, although he could easily stay, but he's also entered a doctorate program at UAB, so that's going to be soon, Mr. Dr. Brasher soon. So he's just got to go ahead and pull in his uh, career to an end. But as far as the guys returning, you still got a uh, – 
TD Marshall. Uh, he was a wide receiver at Sanford, transferred to UAB. Uh, he uh, he became a cornerback last year whenever Bronte Harris uh, initially went down with his season ending injury. Uh, he became a re- really great cornerback, basically won them the West last year with that uh, pick six against North Texas. You got Chris Small coming back, linebacker from Miami. Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of love out of the Miami area. A lot of folks come up and see him. Uh, you know, he's just a, you know, one of those big South Florida guys that they uh, that they got early, and that's kind of continued their tradition of recruiting that area. You got Tyree Turner, Macario Stanley, Tony Fair, all defensive linemen. They're returning for their uh, final years because they had the extra year of eligibility, as well as Dejon Turner, the safety. So you got a lot of guys actually going to come back on that defense, and then you have the guys that are uh, coming in that's been in this program for a couple years who uh, have just been playing roles uh, mainly these past uh, couple seasons. They're going to be able to come into the rotation. So this might be the deepest defense that Bill Clark will have during his time at UAB, and it will be hard-pressed for any offense to score a lot of points in this defense uh, for next year, uh, just looking this far ahead at this point. All right, Evan. See, that's why we have you on because I, I had seen recently that Christopher Mole would be would take advantage of the extra year and come back. Did not know about Turner, so that's why we go straight to the beat writers to get that question squared away. Someone who, to the best of my my research and, and recollection, is choosing to pursue his NFL career, Spencer Brown. Just want to ask about the impact he's had on the program, and then also the. Um, Future of one Dwayne McBride, a kid out of, you know, um, Ocala area, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah, he had a really solid year, especially in, in the in the minutes that are the uh, snaps he's able to see out there. Uh, yes, uh, Spencer is, is the face of UAB these past four seasons. He came in as a freshman. There's a great story about him coming in, deadlifting, I believe, like 600 pounds or something like that, or bench bench pressing 400 uh, just an incredible weight number when he was a freshman. So there was kind of that he's got the strength to it. Uh, he had a big body, maybe not as fast as he was uh, or fast when he was uh, early in his career, but he came in that freshman season, really exploded, won freshman of the year in Conference USA. Uh, the next year when uh, UAB won the conference championship, uh, he was injured, uh, he fought through those injuries, missed one game, uh, still ran for 1,200 yards. Uh, last year he missed, you know, I think four or five games maybe last year, uh, didn't get to 1,000 yards, but was pretty close. During the off season, he took great care of his body, uh, dropped a little bit of weight, added some speed, was more focused, uh, was playing special teams this past year as, as well. So, I mean, he's kind of the uh, – he's been the face of this program. He's been the guy that has shown that, you know, you can come in, you know, maybe not many offers, but end up becoming, a, you know, a great player for your program. And, you know, like he said at the end of this uh, – uh, at the end of the championship game, you know, his his now famous quote, UAB legit, that's it. Uh, you know, that's pretty much what he has proven during his time at UAB is that UAB is a legitimate program, you know, far removed from what they were, you know, the, the 20 years, 20, 20, so, 20 or so years before Clark got there. Now, moving on to Dwayne McBride, uh, he looks to be just another young running back uh, to come into the UAB program that has a great future. Uh, you had Jermaine Brown last year. Uh, he didn't get as much this year because of the emergence of Dwayne McBride. Uh, you look at McBride, he has the two longest rushing touchdowns in UAB history, and he did it all in one season. Uh, obviously, there's one against uh, Louisiana Tech. There's another one, I believe it might have been Western Kentucky or UTSA. Uh, I don't remember correctly on that one, but he had two 70-yard touchdown runs. Uh, he's got, he, he seems to have that breakaway speed, but you don't see it when you uh, when you first look at him because he's kind of a, a bigger running back. But, you know, once he – gets out of that second level, uh, you know, he's off to the races from, uh, you know, from what we've seen uh, on him this past year. 
Evan, can you tell me a little bit about, about this uh, kid, Trey Shropshire, uh, or excuse me, Trey Shropshire? Want to get that one out? Say that you know a couple times fast. He uh, had a huge game. I believe it was the uh, Conference USA title game, if memory serves me correct. That uh, what he had five grabs or a buck eighty. Just tell me about him a little bit, and can he be a name that you may see next year as far as the UAB receiving attack? I think he can be. Uh, he he was able to play some earlier this year. Uh, he was able to. I think he actually scored a touchdown against South Alabama. Uh, so so he's kind of working his way into this rotation when Austin Watkins left the team uh, at the end of the regular season because so many games were being canceled. So he ended up deciding to leave the team before the conference championship game. Uh, you know, no fault of his own. You know, this is you know strange time. So uh, you got to let some you know people make their own decisions at this point. But uh, Austin Watkins leaves, so you have Myron Mitchell there. And then uh, Shropshire really got into the rotation at that point, really showed what he was capable of. And, you know, just in the conference championship game, uh, he found himself open, uh, you know, a few good times. And some of the catches he made were pretty incredible. You'd think of the touchdown catch uh, he made. uh, He really had to, you know, keep an eye on that ball and stay focused. You know, uh, if you're just running that regular route and you don't think about it, he probably doesn't catch that ball. UAB might not win the conference championship. But, uh, you know, he's really focused on that. So I think he's a wide receiver who's uh, really focused on the little things that's going to make him successful. And I think uh, going forward, you know, we'll just see how this passing offense uh, develops. Uh, You have Tyler Johnson. He's going to be coming back for what seems, you know, his – you know, 15th year, uh, uh, he's got the old uh, Case Keenum, um, Jamar Chase uh, kind of uh, uh, vitality um, uh, vitality in him uh, as far as playing in Conference USA. Uh, but, you know, as he develops a little bit more, uh, you know, I think Trace is going to end up being uh, kind of that, one of those top receivers. you got Samario Rudolph. He had a great touchdown catch against Ross in the season finale. Uh, so they got some young receivers. Ray J. Johnson, he was a JUCO receiver they uh, signed a couple of years ago. He was the top JUCO receiver. Uh, he was able to, uh, you know, get a little bit of work in this year. So it's going to be a completely new receiving core, although they do return both their tight ends and Hayden Pittman and Garrett Prince. So that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a, a huge thing for them, considering uh, uh, the tight ends played such a pivotal role this season, uh, you know, far uh, much better than what they had been the previous years. And that's a lot to do with Joe Craddock uh, when he became the tight end coach. Hey, Evan, I'll give you another name on that list of guys who felt like played football forever, and that's Brady White up in Memphis, a recent name who, of course, you know, uh, transferred from Arizona State, Memphis. I think he, he was finished up his doctorate in Memphis. So, you know, maybe uh, Tyler Johnson would be along <laughs> those lines, you know. But um, uh, we got this question from Twitter. Uh, it's actually from at UAB Sports Today. And they said, uh, I know it's early, but what are y'all's predictions regarding the CUSA football season 2021? Uh, Joe and I will have plenty of time to talk about that over the next month. So I'll toss it to you. Well, uh, concerning what UAB has coming back as far as their defense, as well as they are returning their entire offensive line, there were three seniors on that offensive line, so they could have left. Uh, but you're going to return an entire offensive line that you know allowed three, maybe four sacks the entire season. Uh, you know, paved the way for McBride and Spencer Brown. So you're going to have a very experienced uh, offense outside of the receivers. Uh, defense is going to be very deep. Uh, so I don't see anything really that will get in the way of uh, UAB once again uh, competing for a conference championship. The only uh, challenger I see for them uh, would probably be UTSA. You look at Jeff Trailer and what he did at UTSA this year. Uh, definitely a great job. Uh, he probably should have won Coach of the Year honors, uh, seeing as though the Coach of the Year is no longer with his program. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, th- I think UTSA will challenge UAB next year, but I think UAB will, uh, you know, win its fourth straight division title. Uh, we'll get a third 
uh, championship, maybe just depending on who comes out of the East and how how that's kind of settled. Uh, but you know, I think it's a as far as they're out of conference, I think they can go probably three and one. It really depends on what Georgia team shows up. We've seen Georgia play, you know, great uh, the past few years. Uh, we've also seen them, you know, play down to their opponents. So that really depends on what Georgia they get early in the season, whether UAB can come out with a, a Power 5 win against a SEC team, which they have not been able to do so under Clark. But Clark's also more focused on winning conference championships. He's not as much worried about winning a Power 5 game, you know, once every few years and, you know, bringing a little, you know, little extra attention to the program for a week. You'd look at a, a Tennessee a couple of years ago when they lost to Georgia State and or Georgia Southern. I don't remember which one, and I don't want to get anyone angry because I made a mistake on a tweet this past uh, this past year on a stadium name, and uh, they all came after me. I apologize to them. Uh, but anyway, um they lost that, and that kind of gave them a little, uh, you know, a little air about them for about a week. But after that, they kind of fell off the national radar. So, Clark's looking to, you know, build a program, not just, you know, get a good team and get a win in over a Power Five conference every few years. So, I, I think uh, just depending on what Georgia they have, I think UAB can come out and, you know, possibly have a eleven and one, maybe ten and two season. Evan, uh, if it makes you feel any better, I had a little flashback. Where was this like maybe middle school or high school when I sent out a tweet about a uh, former, now former FIU linebacker transfer who I said was transferring back to the WAC. He was a former Boise State linebacker. Uh, it, it had been lost upon me that the WAC had been dissolved for football for about 10 years from now. And uh, the amount of Boise State fans were in my mentions about getting it right that it was the Mountain West. Hey, you know, um, it, it happens. So don't, uh, don't feel too bad. Hey, careful, one. Louisiana. Louisiana Tech fans will get with you, too, because they were in the whack for many years. I believe uh, someone tweeted out something about Louisiana Tech being in some other conference for a while. I'm like, no, Louisiana Tech was in the whack for many years. Uh, you know, just people don't remember that because you had West Coast teams and Louisiana Tech. It was like one of the weirdest, uh, you know, conference alignments ever. Sure, I re- referred to um... – ULL as Louisiana, and we had plenty of tech fans in our mentions there. So uh, we, we're very familiar with uh, with tech fans as far as that's concerned. Yes. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fun questions. You know, you're a friend of the podcast. We're going to take a little bit outside of the realm of football here. Want to ask you this, man. Um, Want to see just in terms of your your travels, not only as you mentioned, can't remember if it was the last time you were on or, or the first time we had you on that you spent your 20s as a touring musician and now, of course, in your current capacity as a UAB beat writer. Want to ask you about if you had any uh, any just odd travel nightmares. I know I had one. I'm summing up really quick. Uh, opening game this this year at Liberty, you know, it was a nightmare to try to get to Lynchburg. Uh, I learned of the nightmare that is the Charlotte airport the hard way. But also, I also learned that a uh, you're not just going to go grab a, a Uber or a Lyft in Lynchburg, Virginia on Sunday morning at 5 a.m. And uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I was forced to start the, the three-mile walk to Lynchburg Airport. And luckily, uh, an Uber driver, the, I, I got that hit. And uh, he picked me up off the side of the road. So want to see if you got anything that can uh, kind of measure up. 
Uh, I'm not sure if I could measure up to anything like that. I'm pretty uh, pretty prepared when it comes to being on the road. Like I said, uh, you know, or you mentioned uh, being a term musician in my 20s. Uh, I'm quite prepared for all the uh, wrong things that could happen on the road. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, especially in my 20s, you know, you could run out of gas. I, I guess probably the, the biggest thing out of out of it uh, would probably go to my touring days. Uh, I think this was back in 2011. We were going out to Colorado for a set of dates, and our van broke down in the middle of Arkansas. And if you've never broken down in the middle of Arkansas in the middle of July, don't. It is hot, and uh, there's a lot of banjo plucking going around. Uh, if y'all get the deliverance reference there, uh, but it was not a it was not a very fun few days. Eventually, we took our '84 uh, Ford Econoline van up to Mountain Home, had it towed up there, had a engine ready to be dropped into it that fit it. Uh, we were unaware of what kind of engine it was going to be. We figured it'd be, you know, the standard for what Ford was putting in their uh, vans in the 1980s. Uh, lo and behold, it was this, uh, you know, you know, this old redneck guy up in the mountains of Arkansas, really nice guy. Uh, him and his buddy put in this new engine, and it turned out to be a Mustang Cobra GT racing engine that fit our engine block in this old Ford Econolon van. So we go from, you know, hacking, you know, across the road on I-40 to putting in a Mustang racing engine into our van and just clear-cutting across Kansas in about eight hours. <laughs> that was probably the strangest uh, or most fun adventure I've had while on the road. <laughs> how about that? Joe Lonergan, you want to pick it up from there? How do you, how do you follow that up, Joe? <laughs> I will do my best. Uh, let me ask you this, Evan, uh, with another Conference USA championship under his belt, uh, we've heard the rumblings about Bill Clark kind of moving on to a, a bigger and better job at some point uh, several times over the course of the last couple of years. But um, I, I guess from you, is there any kind of heat check you can give us on whether or not Bill Clark's considering that or if there's been any real progress on him moving on to bigger and better things? I think he's kind of just kind of taking it in stride. I mean, he's got uh, probably certain things that uh, would shy some programs away just for the fact that he doesn't have a power five win. Of course, you only get one per year uh, while at, you know while being in a mid-major program. Sometimes you get two. Uh, but, you know, he uh, doesn't have that. So that's probably a little bit knock on his record, although I don't think that's a knock on him as a coach or as a program builder because uh, he's been more focused on that. But I think uh, with him bringing UAB to what it is now, uh, he's going to be the coach this next year when they enter the uh, uh, the new stadium unless Tennessee pulls something out of their hat in the next few weeks, which I don't believe they will. I believe uh, uh, Bill's set for right now. Uh, he had that kind of flirtation with Auburn. There's a lot of reports that going around. Uh, our editors, John Talty, probably had the uh, the best version of it um, out there uh, from his sources. As we know, John, uh, my boss, John Talty, has uh, incredible sources in uh, college football and is usually very right when these things go up, when these things go down. So uh, a lot of props to him on that. But, uh, you know, from his sources and from mine, you know, Bill talked with Auburn a little bit, but there was, there was no deal. There was no offer. It was just kind of, you know, mutual talks, you know, what was going on. And it might not have been in any kind of official capacity as far as anyone inside the program. It might have been more, you know, boosters talking or people of influence talking with Clark. Uh, but I don't think it ever really – gained enough traction for him to be considered a viable candidate or even interview for the position. Now, going forward, I think, uh, you know, he's obviously going to be attractive to some uh, other programs uh, within the next few years if uh, their current coaching staff are unable to get the program going in the right direction. 
but I also think he's just going to kind of wait there at UAB because, uh, you know, he doesn't want to take the wrong job. I think that's something with Clark. He doesn't want to take the wrong job. You see a lot of guys from mid-major programs take a job at a power five, and within two, three years they're out. Uh, they're going, you know, back to a mid-major program or to Nick Saban's rehabilitation clinic in, in Tuscaloosa, uh, one or the other. So uh, I think Clark's just waiting on that right job so he's not going to jump. Uh, you know, state could be a viable option, uh, Mississippi State, in the next few uh, years. Uh, depending on how Mike Leach uh, fares there, as well as some other programs. I think he will stay in the South. If anything, uh, you know, he's an Alabama guy. He lived in Alabama his entire life, save one year when he was an assistant at a program in Georgia. So he's an Alabama guy. So I imagine he would stay in the South if he does. But I would I would uh, say he's going to be there at least this next year. Uh, we'll see what the coaching uh, carousel looks like next year. But, uh, I mean, there's a good possibility he could be there for a couple more years. But, uh, I don't think uh, Bill will be there forever. I think eventually he will get a job that he considers, uh, you know, really good in his eyes and one that he can have success at and without many obstacles being in the way of that. Interesting. You mentioned the uh, new stadium that's opening up this fall. From what I've read, it really sounds like it's going to be a, a fantastic addition to just downtown Birmingham in general. Right next to Top Golf, forty-one thousand seats, uh, twenty-four suites. Uh, basically, from your perspective, uh, any updates you can give on kind of the progress of that being able to, uh, you know, be ready to open when the new season comes around in the fall? Yeah, uh, it's going. It's on track right now. Uh, from what they're saying, it should be open in time for the October home opener because as of right now, they don't have a uh, – the 12th game for UAB has not been announced. Uh, so they could possibly put that at the very beginning of the season if the stadium is ready by then. But as far as right now, I think what they're planning on is opening the opening their home season with Liberty. I believe that's like the first week of October because they go on the road to Georgia uh, – and two Tulane uh, the first two weeks of the season. They have Georgia and Tulane the first two weeks of the season. So unless they get someone else to go before that hand, they'll be opening with Liberty in the first week of October, I believe, for the new stadium, which will give plenty of time for them to complete everything, possibly you know, little landscaping details, uh, maybe a secretive Komodo dragon exhibit. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, th- I think it'll, I think it'll be finished uh, before their season over. If they have one before that, I think they can adjust things to where they could, uh, you know, actually have this game on, uh, you know, in September possibly or, you know, late August, early September. Forget the uh, actual starting date. Uh, every day seems like the same day to me at this point. Uh, but you get a – but you got to imagine uh, they'll get someone else in there. They might put it into a later part of the season, uh, you know, kind of give them a little break late in the season uh, and prepare for a championship run. But as of right now, it's uh, it's looking great. Uh, everything's on schedule. Uh, when there were a lot of games being canceled this year, uh, the coaching staff was able to take the team over to uh, the stadium location and let them go around. They've uh, they've really got a lot uh, – most of the steel, everything is up. Uh, you know, I think pretty soon they're about to start going into the guts and in, inner workings and kind of filling that out. And kind of last thing they'll be doing is probably all the, a lot of the landscaping work around the area. Gotcha. I mean, if it was up to me, I think every college football stadium would just have a Komodo dragon somewhere within the stadium. Right. And then like, if you find him, you get a free hot dog or something like that. That'd be yeah. my, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be my suggestion. That's um, an excellent idea. <laughs> I got one guy on board. I knew I could. Um, <laughs> Mark Emmert has not answered my letters anyway. Um, <laughs> um Evan, we got the Reese's Senior Bowl coming up in the uh, Birmingham area. Uh, you know, you being 
uh, so close to the city itself. And obviously, COVID-19 has changed a lot. But what have you kind of heard about, you know, plans to go ahead with that and whether or not um, some of these UAB guys and some of these other guys from the smaller schools in your area are going to be able to, you know, use it as a platform to boost their draft stock? Well, uh, it'll be in Mobile, actually. Uh, that's about probably three, four hours from uh, Birmingham. It's, all, uh, it's down there in the, the new South Alabama Stadium, although it was at Lad People Stadium for many years uh, before that. Mm. Uh, but still, in the state of Alabama, uh, it's pretty close. we got two EAB guys, first two since, I believe, 2011, I believe. Uh, it was the last time they had someone at the Senior Bowl. Uh, there's always been an animosity because uh, Senior Bowl was run by a lot of uh, – guys who are very friendly with Paul Bryant Jr. And a lot of people know Paul Bryant Jr. is not a very big fan of the UAB program. Uh, me saying this as an Alabama alum, uh, we, we don't care too much for what Paul Bryant Jr. has to say too many times. Uh, he just needs to, uh, you know, run his banks and leave the uh, football alone. But anyway, uh, you look at uh, – you got Austin Watkins and Jordan Smith down there. Those are two guys that are probably going to be drafted for UAB. He'll be their first uh, draftee since, uh, you know uh, – uh oh! Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Jordan Howard. I was thinking. I was trying to think of the running back's name. Uh, Jordan Howard. Uh, I believe uh, uh, an offensive lineman was uh, drafted many years ago too. So this is kind of their first showing uh, in almost a decade at the Senior Bowl. So I think it's going to be a big platform for them, uh, especially with Jordan Smith and Austin Watkins. Uh, Austin Watkins. Uh, you know, obviously he was able to get a thousand yard season last year. He. If the season had played out like it sh- uh, like it could have been this year, he might have had another thousand yard season. So uh, you know, going against uh, you know some other defensive backs who you know maybe some from Power Five conferences or even other mid major conferences that are got some high draft stock, that's going to be able to help him in going against those guys. So they can kind of see what he might have to go up against uh, in the NFL. Although the, yeah, as we see it in the NFL, a lot more. Uh, uh, focus is being put on offensive side of the ball, even though defensively uh, you can still win championships defensively in the NFL uh, just because the game is played so much differently than it is in college. Uh, but you, you you just look at Austin Watkins, uh, he'll have a chance, as well as Jordan Smith going against some uh, uh, some much bigger linemen, offensive linemen, uh, than what he might have been used to during his college days at UAB. Uh, so he'll definitely have a platform to get around that. And Although the one the one la- the one knack on it is they really won't be able to see his, his the best of his pass rushing skills because he won't be able to get back there and tackle a quarterback so that kind of takes away a little bit but as we've seen from the senior bowl it's more about what happens during the practice week than it does during the game the game is just kind of the culmination of many things but it's mainly what will happen down in practice so we'll we'll kind of see uh during the course of this week as uh you know today's just kind of measurements in the first day of practice but i think they'll both have a great opportunity to kind of increase their uh increase their uh draft stock uh you know maybe even increase their draft chances a little bit uh, I think you mentioned Austin Watkins in there, uh, obviously the cousin of Sammy Watkins. Uh, what do you kind of make of his potential NFL future and, and his overall draft stock? I think Austin's got a good potential to get in the NFL. Obviously, uh, he's got family in the NFL, so uh, bloodline is there. Uh, people know, you know, he, he can play some football. Uh He's a big body guy, you know, which is exactly what you need in the NFL. You can't have, you know, just 
tiny little receivers. Uh, they don't do a whole lot unless they're, you know, kind of moved around a whole lot. You look like, you know, the Danny Woodheads, uh, although some of those are, you know, running backs who are smaller, moved into those kind of slot positions. The can, same can be done to uh, smaller receivers in college. But uh, Austin's a big guy. Uh, you know, he's over, you know, well over six feet tall. He's got some muscle on him. So, uh, you know, he can go up. He can, get, he can get a ball in the air. He can shrug off defenders. So, I mean, he's a, he's a more physical receiver than what we probably see coming out of uh, mid-major programs. Uh, although, you know, many mid-major uh, receivers have obviously went on to have great success. You look at, you know, the Antonio Browns, uh, uh, Randy Moss, uh, you know, Marshall Loom, uh, you know, actually uh, his quick stay at Florida State, uh, you know, he went back to Marshall and played in his home state. So, you know, uh, there's great receivers come out of the out of these mid-major programs, but Austin's got that size to go along with it. He's got good speed, and I think that'll work within the NFL game, considering that the uh, defensive backs you're going up against are much bigger and stronger than what you see day to day in the college game. Yeah. Any other uh, names from UAB that you think are going to make a significant impact, either um, you know on the on the field next year or just think are going to be part of a larger national awards conversations that maybe we haven't brought up over the course of the last 20 minutes or so yeah. uh obviously you look at chris mole he's just been a devastating defender uh these past few seasons uh having this extra year uh considering that we didn't get all the games played that kind of stuck a little bit of a stats down but i think this year uh you know he'll be another hundred tackler uh, machine this uh, this coming season. Uh, he's going to be the unquestioned leader of that defense. You look at T.D. Marshall as well. He's going to uh, he kind of uh, comes in at Bronte spot. He's going to be the top cornerback for uh, UAB next year. He's going to do a great job there. He, uh, he's already proven that he can adapt. Uh, he learns really quick. Uh, I mean, this would just uh, he's only been playing cornerback for two seasons, and he's even got many starts under his belt. So he's got the. Uh, He's got the athleticism. He's got the you know the intelligence to play that position. He learns really fast. So I think T.D. Marshall is going to uh, do really well. Uh, you look at anyone from the offensive line, although uh, uh, you know they're going to be a, you know always graded as a group. But uh, you know they might not be up for any kind of national awards. But that's going to be a big part of their success for this next year's is that offensive line. And along the d- defensive line, uh, you might look at. Tyree Turner or Tony Fair, those are two big guys who uh, get a lot done uh, for this UAB program, especially this past year. Tony Fair continues to improve, uh, you know, each season he's been with UAB. He's a big guy. He's a traditional, uh, you know, 3-4 down lineman in NFL scheme. So uh, uh, you can probably look at Tony Fair getting a good look from the NFL in the future. Offensively, uh, you know, there's not really a a whole lot of big game, uh, big names with so many guys leaving. You know, Myron Mitchell, Austin Watkins, Spencer Brown. Those guys are gone. So uh, you can't really the only offensive star returning uh, that we know of is Tyler Johnson and uh, a little bit of uh, Dwayne McBride, which we've only saw a little bit of Debo this year. Uh, you know, just from what he was able to see. Uh, so he'll get a full season in next year, and we'll see how he can uh, uh, navigate through that. But I think um, we'll see more from the defensive side, and we'll be probably more pleasantly surprised from the offensive uh, guys as we will see who kind of steps up into these roles vacated by the guys leaving. I think UAB is going to be a really fun team to watch next year. As as you've said and as we've kind of hit on over the course of the last year or so, obviously watching them march back to uh, yet another conference title. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But, Evan, we really can't thank you enough for your time today. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, I want to remind everybody to go uh, follow Evan on Twitter at Dudley Do Right uh, with a W uh, and check out his work if you have the chance. Always does a great job covering uh, UAB football as well as uh, some other 
local Alabama sports. And of course, Eric is at Eric C. Henry underscore. I'm at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Uh, and then, of course, at Underdog Dynasty for uh, posts from the main site and uh, more off-season content coming your way real soon. Uh, next episode, we're going to have Chris Vanini from The Athletic, so make sure you come back for that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Happy football watching, everybody. Thank you.